Welcome to the Overreact Podcast. In a society that puts women in a box, let's overreact. Yes, we are back again at Kofisi with four ovaries in the house. You're about to find out who I is, the fourth ovary, of course. And this is an invitation to have a conversation about life and navigating life with ovaries. I'm your host, Monica Mohoya. It's your girl, Angela Wamboy. And it's your Madame Lush Angela. Hey, Madame <laughs> And for those who are new here, welcome to the Overreact podcast. For those who have subscribed to us, thank you for doing so and for always overreacting. Please feel free to check out where you are, feel the vibe, look around, embrace yourself for what will be an interesting season full of rich conversation tackling women in leadership who are boldly breaking the glass ceiling, walking over them, maybe with flat shoes, but we prefer high heels here. Um, And today we are reminding you periods are normal and powerful. And that's what we are going to be discussing, leadership in the menstrual health space. As promised, this season is going to be richer, impactful and empowering as we share women leaders and their experiences in diverse fields redefining leadership today. And today we are talking about the power of period because leaders bleed too, right? (laughs) Yes, we are. So recently... Leaders have called for health equity for women globally. Menstrual health state is in complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of the disease. So in relation to menstrual cycle, let's have some bloody conversation. Let's do that and get on. (laughs) (laughs) And what better way by having a bloody conversation with a health expert, a grassroots community organizer, Muna Mohammed, who currently works for AfriPads, a social enterprise manufacturing reusable sanitary pads as a regional partnership and business development representative. I'd like to welcome you first. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe one interesting fun fact. Um, First of all, ladies, I'm really excited to be here and just listening to you talk about bloody conversations and what you've been doing previously is is truly amazing. So thank you for being epitomes of change. I work for the world's leading manufacturers of reusable sanitary pad, and my role at AfriPads is to ensure that I'm working with partners like yourselves to end period poverty, not just in Kenya, but across other African regions within East and North Africa, by ensuring that um, we're not just advocating and we're not just giving period products, but we are breaking taboos, barriers that are you know, causing stigma, bringing men onto this conversation, because at the end of the the day periods don't stop for anything. Absolutely. There's no button. Exactly. And it's it's a normal conversation. It's a global conversation. And can we reach a point where by now period products are not a problem anymore? Mm. And that's a conversation I guess hopefully one day we will never need to have. How did you find yourself in this position as a regional representative in this (laughs) continent? What is your leadership journey? How did it all begin? leadership is not easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not easy for anyone. And even if you're an intern or a volunteer, you're leading in your space. You're leading in that tribe or the circle that you're in. So making decisions that will impact girls is heavy. 
<laughs> it's so heavy. Ensuring, for example, in Kenya that now we have the right reusable standards. We've been fighting, for example, for reusable standards for the past five years. I know I spoke to you, Monica, a couple of uh, months ago and, you know, sitting also in the technical working committee group. So being a young girl, a Kenyan young girl, sitting in, you know, tables or having a seat at the table with the Ministry of Health, challenging them on changing, you know, the mindset of how we are ensuring that we're collaborating with different stakeholders to end period poverty. If, for example, today, Lash, you're giving period products. Angela, you're giving menstrual health and hygiene education. Monica, you're also, you know, collecting data. How can we not reinvent the wheel, but come together and say that I am bringing this, I am bringing this, and at the end of the day, we are forming a powerful menstrual health and hygiene, um, I don't know, channel because at the end of the day when you look at the policies that we've been able to do at AfriPads like for example contributing to the first menstrual health and hygiene policy heavily contributing to the KEB standards and not just advocating for reusable pads but for any other product it's not an easy task but then at the end of the day the woman who is in that community does not care about what we are doing. What she cares about, are you able to provide that sanitary pad for her so that she cannot have hindrances like not going to work or, you know, or a girl missing school? Can we be able to, like, come together, work um, Pamoja? Yes. And we just end this. There's a lot of things that we can be able to do if we end period poverty. What was your source of inspiration of finding yourself in a space around leading in this space and, you know, creating and curating these conversations. How did you, what was, how did you find yourself? It's something that I haven't been confident about, you know, speaking about. And, you know, one of the things that make me who I am is because, (laughs) and, you know, is because I lacked sanitary pads myself at some point. And it wasn't because I am not educated. It wasn't because I was not able to get a job, sorry, or be financially stable. I was capable of doing all those things. But a year of not having sanitary pads and using uh, less ideal products to dignify myself was something that I never imagined would happen, you know, in my entire life. But it happened, and today I'm working for an organization ensuring that girls have sanitary pads is what makes me wake up every morning and do what I do. Sitting down with young girls like Milka in Tana River, who I just met. <laughs> I met her in 2020 when I was going to do a donation. Who, who's Milka? Milka is currently, in fact, one of the most amazing women I've met because she is a dropout. She's a volunteer of the Kenya Red Cross. She is a woman who cycles on a bicycle to fundraise for sanitary pads. She is a woman who will attend a Komjengo, <laughs> you know, a Gonge Mawe. And, uh, you know, that 100 bob or 300 bob that she gets, 200 will be going into buying sanitary pads. These she are the type. The Florence Nightingale yes. Award. Yes. That's huge. And being able to push a young girl like Milka to be had by Kenya Red Cross where she's volunteering is where her journey began. Mm-hmm. And those are the stories we need to ignite. Those are the people we actually... That is someone who should be sitting here, not me. You belong. You belong. So she 
sitting down and hearing her story and finding ways in my own small power that I have, how can I be able to ensure that this lady is moving to the next step? Her journey is progressing, not because of her, but because of the impact she's creating in that community. And that's basically who we are as as AfriPads. We're not here to make money. Mm-hmm. We're more than manufacturers. We want to create a quality certified product that will not harm women and girls, that will they will be able to safely use. It's not something that we've invented that is out of, you know, the blue. Women and girls have been using less ideal products for the longest time. We've just ensured that we are putting our knowledge together and our heads together to give a product that is high quality. But other than that, are we giving menstrual health and hygiene education? Do men understand what periods are? Yeah, right now in Kenya, we're talking about teenage pregnancies. Do you know that young girls can get pregnant even before their first period? You know? Wow. Yes. That's incredible. It's it's hard. It's such a hard task. And for me to usually just sit here, you know, and I'm so so sorry. Um, I'm currently on my period and my emotions are everywhere. (laughs) Okay, girl, don't make any excuses. That's what it's called, overreacting. You know, (laughs) your ovaries are overreacting indeed. And it's valid and emotions are valid. And that's why we we are very big on sisterhood. We are here to hold space. You know, if you want to, you know, experience those emotions, we're here. We're here. There's a table. There's, you know, us. And and your journey is so inspiring. And how I like how informative you are. And I was just looking at the accolades and the degrees and you know the pool of wealth in terms of experience that you have and yet what makes you wake up in the morning is that girl who has lacked sanitary pads so i think angela you ask her this question because i am quality getting emotional we're we're feeling your energy and like you said when it comes to you know looking at the problems and the and the gaps in menstrual hygiene. Um, it's very, very layered. So, I mean, like Mo said, your emotions are very valid. So one thing, you know, I want to ask you is how important is the menstrual hygiene in health based on your degree and your background in medicine and surgery? So from the University of Khartoum, and how important is it when it comes to diet and how it affects your hormones? Uh, you have a background in nutrition and dietetics from the Kenya Methodist University and a diploma in clinical hmm. pharmacology. Okay, so you may not know, but last year, Muna received the Zuri Honorary Award in recognition of her service to the community. So, um, yeah, tell us what role has your background played in, you know, helping you propel your mission and your vision when it comes to menstrual health management? I quit medicine. <laughs> oh. Wow. Yeah. And um, this was because of Westgate. It really impacted my life. Oh. Yeah. Then I moved into like, I need to do something else. Mm-hmm. At that point, um, there was 35% of young children were getting stunted because of the lack of healthy diets. And this is because I was working for a humanitarian organization, the Kenya Red Cross. And at that point, um, my focus was on nutrition and dietetics, working with marginalized communities, ensuring that children are not getting stunted, getting the right nutrition. And speaking about healthy diets with women in the community is what led me into getting now a degree in nutrition and dietetics. But then Again, I am very versatile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I, 
I think I took a year off just to like sit and understand what exactly do I want to do. And I applied for so many jobs because, you know, sitting down and being in these spaces was not just for me. That's when I applied for AfriPads. Mm -hmm. Before applying for AfriPads, I applied for almost, I think, 100 jobs. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then I did five interviews at AfriPads. And I was like, what am I applying for? Is this the United Nations? Mm -hmm. (laughs) The questions are tough. I don't know if I'm going to get it, but I did. And when I joined, I was like, wow. This is not just products. This is menstrual health and hygiene education. How can I be able to sit down and talk about reproductive health? How can I sit down with NGOs and train them to speak to, you know, to disseminate the information on reproductive health to women and girls and men and boys in the community. You know, period has been a conversation that is of shame, you know. And today I sit down and I educate men and they tell me, oh, I would never go even into the supermarket to buy sanitary pads. Mm -hmm. But with the information that I've received today, I can now go and buy sanitary pads for my wife. It excites me. And it's usually a taboo first when we sit with men from, you know, NGO communities with their beneficiaries. And they give uh, menstrual health and hygiene education from the capacity building information we've given them. And women shy off at the beginning and they're like, why is this man talking about periods? (laughs) But then the way they get to articulate it and the way they get to talk about the, you know, the menstrual cycle, the period pains, how to wash yourself, how to be able to like, um, you know, clean yourself, how to be able to eat right when you're on your period is what gives me joy. that I've been able to transfer my knowledge from, you know, what I have and I've given it to a health worker and they've been able to disseminate that information to the community and now the community is able to openly talk about periods. But then it's not just periods we're talking about. When we go into a community, we want to understand, do they have enough water? Mm -hmm. Do they have enough soap? Do they have enough underwear? And that's the first intervention we should all do. Do we want to know that at the end of the day, that by creating a solution, you have to understand the problem, right? And by understanding that problem is where AfriPad also does not give free education. We also collect data. And the data tools that we provide are also given for free to partners. And what I was talking about was actually the first intervention, the baseline survey. And then from there now, you're able to get a baseline report and see that I've gone to Nyandarwa. Mm. Why Nyandarwa? I come from Nyandarwa. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm working currently with a project there with the Equity Foundation, and I've come to love that community. But um, the problems that the communities have... Am I able, in my power at AfriPads, to call UNICEF and tell them, hey, there is a community that does, does not have water. You have a budget on water. Can you be able to impact that community by bringing people together to ensure that we're not just ending period poverty, but we're also ending other problems that are, you know, piling up to eradicate what the problems that they're facing? I have a question. Yeah. So what is, with what is happening right now, um, what do you think the vision of period uh, poverty is going to look like in the next five years with organizations like ourselves, with what we do with Hills for Pads or AfriPads is doing? There's so many organizations in different spaces that are now using the digital media, the digital spaces to really speak out. Um, what 
rather than what you wish to see, what do you think is going to look like in the next five years? AfriPad is founded on the belief that if we can overcome menstrual barriers, we are one step closer to gender equality. We cannot do this alone. AfriPad is owned by you and the 65% of Kenyans who don't have sanitary pads. Mm -hmm. I love collaborating. I never see competition. I never. You want to start a manufacturing plant today to end period poverty, do it. Mm. Nothing is stopping you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. You want to start speaking about menstruation, speak. Use the little power that you have to talk about it. But can we sit all of us and bring in, you know, a, a data bank or a library? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, sisters speak. I know they're doing A B C D. Afripad, they have pilot studies with IOM, UNHCR, all these NGOs. What's the data? What are girls saying? USAID, they're trying to do something in Western Kenya. What is it that they're doing? Let's collaborate. Let's sit together. Let's sit as stakeholders and say, we are all Kenyans. We're doing different things. But that young girl and that young woman in that community is not changing. Mm. It is the same person. It is us who are changing our ideas, our concepts, our organizations are different. But that woman is the same woman you will impact. So why not do it together and attain the 2030 SDG goals in alignment? Question. Uh, there's a lot of red tape, uh, red tape rather, in the menstrual hygiene space. Uh, you'll always find it the same people who are invited to the table. So we earlier on, uh, we were talking off here about the importance of inclusion and the importance of African period activists to tell their story based on their lived experiences. Uh, you don't want to come with a product uh, because it's very Western. It's founded on, it's not women-centered. So come to me, I mean, masturbate. So I tell you, okay, I can't, you know, my body can handle this heavy pad because of the, the climate. So do you think there's the importance of including that girl first before designing products for them? Uh, because they are experts at the end of the day and it starts with them. They, they know the importance of that lived experience. They know what they need. So um, do you think it's important for us to have a roundtable just to talk about, yes, we are inventing for these girls. We are bringing menstrual products for this girl. But why are we not including them fast in the conversation to understand them? Yeah, I'm happy about that question. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, let me just start by saying that when I was sitting and contributing to the KEBS document, one of the clauses that I was not conforming to was the sizing of the reusable pad. Because at the end of the day, we are innovators and we only innovate by feedback from our beneficiaries, the user of the product. That is how we get to invent products that suit them, right? So if today we say that the Kenyan standards will have this measurement on sanitary pads, then we are saying or we are limiting innovation for women who are postpartum. We are limiting products that will support women who have fistula problems, you know. So at the end of the day, and I will speak on behalf of AfriPad by saying that we are a human-centered organization. We have an in-house R&D team that ensures when we are collecting data and, and when you look at our data information, we want to know at the end line, is there any improvement that you think this product you know, can support you in a better way? A product are designed for the heaviest flow of a woman, yes. But 
one of the, the, the products that I love is the schoolgirl kit because this was designed in collaboration with feedback from young adolescent girls who said that we want smaller pads for smaller bodies. And we took that into consideration and now they have a product that will suit them. That's so yes, amazing. it's very important because the way I menstruate is not the way you will menstruate. Exactly. And I love that it's a very um, consumer-focused product. I myself am a user. <laughs> Actually, AfriPad is the first reusable pad that I ever tried. And, you know, I think at first when people hear reusable pad, they're very, hmm, if you've never tried it, but extremely comfortable. And I, I love how, you know, it is a product for African women and girls. So kudos to your whole team. Thank you. There's this quote that says it's better to solve one problem five different ways than to solve five problems one way. So peep a good leader is exactly the conversation that's just happened is one who is people centric and a lot of the challenges we have and why there's issues across the globe with different various government leaders is they are not listening to us right and so it's important as a leader to look at your leadership styles what would you say other than you know being people focused in trying to figure out am i creating a solution that is actually fixing the problem that's on hand what are the other leadership styles you would say that need to exist for people specifically who are doing something that's philanthropic so they are trying to solve a community problem i can't say we are the united nations <laughs> but for me what i love is you know young men you know and and it's not even about working with the big ngos it's working with organizations who are small individuals who have zero budgets but are ending period poverty these are the people who need to be listened to when you see on twitter spaces or social media spaces a lot of people are talking about menstruation but are they really understanding what menstruation is about are we really doing our job by you know educating them so when i see a young organization that has zero budget and they are doing great by impacting women and girls yes i will donate to that organization in heartbeat and i'm happy to say this because we have a foundation and our foundation supports organizations that are doing great menstrual health and hygiene work with zero budget and those are the people who i sit down and i actually give them a hundred percent of my attention and time because they're the change makers I love it. Muna, we are just so inspired by your journey, your story, your mission, and your vision. So one thing that we ask all of our guests is if we gave you a big billboard, you know, sitting along Uhuru Highway, what is your message to the world and other young women that are inspired by your journey? What one word of advice would you put up on a billboard? Period. Blood is not dirty. <laughs> <laughs> But I was writing a lot of things. So usually my head runs like a million things at a go. And I was writing this, I was writing that. I was like, what am I going to say today? What am I going to do? I really don't know. I don't speak to media. <laughs> but I would like to say that I take full responsibility for my work. And I have everything I need to create my opportunities in any environment. So please always feel free to talk to me if you see me on the streets, <laughs> if you see me on Twitter, and if any place that you want to impact women and girls, I will say AfriPads is here, and I'm happy to collaborate with anyone who is ready to end period poverty in this country and who is ready to challenge the government. Are we implementing the policy and strategy that was launched? 
Yes. And how does that it. go? We need to <laughs> hold those people accountable to see to the letter that that um, the policy is implemented. And I have to plug myself that I was an AfriPad Sustainable Champion nominee for the work that we do with Heels for Pad. Yes. So thank you for recognizing the work we do and uh, also um, highlighting and spotlighting our mission, which is to use the new way and creative campaigns to raise above stigma and shame around period. So thank you very much. And before, uh, you know, we do a wrap up, I, I think it's good to pose to our listeners that ask yourself this question. What can I do today to support menstrual health work? Yeah. Um, how can people connect with you? You know, you said we can we can chat you up when we see on the streets. Mm-hmm. But um, how do we connect with you digitally? Please uh, plug always and forums. Yeah. So we have a website, uh, afripads.com, www.afripads.com. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. I'm not so big on social media. <laughs> Do you have a Twitter account if people wanted to connect with you and ask you questions yeah, around abs- when you Absolutely. Muna underscore Amina. And I am currently planning for a huge master trainer of trainers on menstruation. So, I want, if you're very interested in learning about MHH, feel free to reach out, learn about your reproductive system, how it works, and how young girls are getting pregnant before their first period. We need to come have you back again to have <laughs> yeah. that conversation when we're doing something around health. Yeah. Thank you so much. You've done well for not speaking to media. You've done a good job yeah. at articulating <laughs> the challenges that we are also part of that conversation around period poverty. And I'm sure anyone who's listening is also going to ask themselves, what are they doing to help end period poverty and be part of the menstrual health conversation? Because it's definitely not one we can ignore. We're all here because of a product of a missing period. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Overreact podcast. For those who are listening, please interact and engage with us and follow us at SisterSpeaks254 on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. Tune in every Monday, 10.30 p.m. East African time on Capital FM. Also subscribe on our podcast platforms at SoundCloud on Capital FM Kenya page. And also follow the Sister Speaks global podcast platforms on Apple, Spotify, Google and Anchor. And you've been listening to your host, Monica Mohoya. And Overreact is all about a space where we openly ask the tough questions on navigating life with ovaries. And of course, having this ovary based conversation and bloody conversations. So it's your host Monica Mohoya and ask yourself again another question as an organization founded in the West and making change within Africa what's one thing we can do collectively to end pure poverty it's a girl Mo adios alright it's your girl Angela Wamboy and one thing I have taken from Muna is that we as women and African women we have the power to be the change that we wish to see it's your girl Lash Angela and Muna has reminded me that responsibility is the ability to respond So ladies, let's overreact.